Hello and welcome to JG Ministries Bible Study, where we study God's Word. I'm Jeffrey Orday, Minister and Chaplain at JG Ministries, and I'm glad you joined us today. If you have your Bible, turn to the chapter 14 of the book of Luke, verse 33, and let's get into it. Now, last time we took a look at the parable of the great banquet and counting the cost of following Christ. Now let's go ahead and finish this chapter with continuing our discussion of following Christ. I do want to look at verse 33 once more, and then I'll go ahead and read verses 34 and 35, and we'll visit about those. So verse 33, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. And salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, verse 33 is probably one of the most unpopular verses in the entire Bible. It, explic it explicitly states that whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. There is no evading the meaning of the words. They do not say that a person must be willing to forsake all. Rather, they say that he must forsake all. We must give Jesus credit for knowing what he was saying. He realized that the job would never be done in any other way. He wants men and women who esteem him more than everything else in the world. The man who does well for himself is the man who gives up everything for Christ's sake. He makes the best of bargains. He carries the cross for a few years in this world and in the world to come as everlasting life. He obtains the best of possessions. He carries his riches with him beyond the grave. He is rich in grace here, and he is rich in glory hereafter. And best of all, what he obtains by faith in Christ, he never loses. It is that good part which is never taken away. That is clearly a crucial verse, but does it mean that it is impossible to retain any possessions at all if wants to be a true disciple? In contrast to the cares of the rich young ruler, back in chapter 18, verse 22, Jesus does not say a disciple should sell all of his possessions and give everything away. His thought probably is that of a continual abandonment of things, yielding up the right of ownership or the desire to cling to things rather than the outright disposal of them. The disciple of Jesus may be given the use of things in trust as a stewardship, but they are no longer his or their own. This understanding is therefore consistent with the command to use our possessions wisely. Now, verses 34 and 35 that in this chapter, we see that salt is a picture of a disciple. There is something wholesome and commendable about a person who is living devotedly and sacrificially for the Lord. But then we read of salt that has lost its flavor. Modern table salt cannot lose its savor because it is pure salt. 
But in Bible lands, the salt was often mixed with various forms of impurities. Therefore, it was possible for salt to be wasted away and for a residue to remain in the container. But this residue was worthless. It could not even be used for fertilizing the land. It had to be discarded. The picture is of a disciple who starts off brilliantly, and then he goes back on his vows. The disciple has one basic reason for existence. If he, fulfill, if he fails to fulfill that reason, then he is a pity, pitiful object. We read concerning the salt that men throw it out. It does not say that God casts it out. That can never happen, but men throw it out. That is, they trampled underfoot the testimony of the one who began to build and was not able to finish. There is showing the danger of what begins well turns out ill. What is there in the world so useless as that when it has lost the one property for which it is valued? It is worse than useless for any other purpose. So with the disciple who ceases to be Christ's disciple, he's not suited for the world's purposes, and he has forsaken God's. He has too much light or knowledge for entering into the vanities and sins of the world. He has no enjoyment of grace and truth to keep him in the path of Christ. Savorless salt becomes an object of contempt and judgment. Jesus closed the message on discipleship with the words, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. These words imply that not everyone will have the willingness to listen to the stringent terms of discipleship. If a person is willing to follow the Lord Jesus, no matter what the cost may be, then he should hear and he should follow. This saying poses two questions. Why does it occur here, and how does salt lose its saltiness? Its place here is due to the common element it shares with the preceding illustrations, the consistent quality of life that Jesus expects of his disciples. The reference to salt may be to adulteration either by impurities in the beds by the Dead Sea from which salt slabs were taken or by inert fillers introduced by unscrupulous dealers. The point is that the tasteless salt is useless. Those who have ears are expected to apply this lesson to themselves. Now that ends chapter 14, and our next chapter is chapter 15, the parables of joy. We will start out with the parable of the lost sheep, and this section begins what has been called the gospel of the outcast. The large body of material that we'll see in chapters 15 through 19, actually, is unique to Luke and dramatically shows Jesus's concern for the social outcasts of his day. We'll see the twin parables in verses 3 to 7 and verses 8 to 10, 
along with the longer one about the lost son in verse 11 through 32, depend for their interpretation on verses 1 to 2. But we will wait till next time to begin chapter 15. But until next time, God bless you and keep living Christian strong.